Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests bring you leading-edge astrology conversations through a journey of soul growth patterns connecting astrology's energetic cycles. Get ready to understand your path in the cosmic roots of the stars. Hi, I'm Sue Rose Minahan. Today is January 8th, and we have a panel of typal symbols that speaks of the new moon, which is two weeks from now, because now in 2023, this archetypal symbols will be every second week. And it midterm, you might say, of the year, the new moon will be just the next Sunday. But for right now, the new moon in Aquarius, which is right at the beginning, one degree of Aquarius, will be on the 16th of the month. I'm pretty sure about that. And Justin will tell me if I'm wrong. And, and our charts will. We'll have plenty of charts. And pardon me for being a little discombobulated. Unfortunately, one of our great members, Liz Mouchette, is having a lot of energy issues at her home, which is a little outside of the grid, you might say. I mean, she's on the grid, of course, but still she won't be. She might come in late, but we're hoping she'll be able to call in. Otherwise, we miss her, of course. So with that said, we do wish everybody a wonderful, I was going to say a merry, happy new year. It has fortuitous. It's a deep year. It's going to be a deep year. Changes are happening. So with that said, we'll talk more with my wonderful panel. So thank you and for subscribing. Thank you for connecting with Talk Cosmos for insightful conversations, awakening consciousness, and we are now ready for archetypal symbols. Synthesizing the current archetypal new moon energies through weaving symbol systems, such as Sabian symbols, numerology, Mayan novel energy days, or even Tarot, connecting to the astrological data and concepts for planets and cosmos, this is your archetypal symbols panel. Sue Rose Minahan, the founder of Talk Cosmos, an electric evolutionary astrologer, consultant, certified color energy life coach, vice president of the Washington State Astrological Association, member of Kepler Astrology Toastmaster Club, of a Dwarf Planet University diploma and AA with music degree. I love mythology, philosophizing, collaboration. I'm an artist, writer, a perpetual student of life. And I'm Justin Crockett-Helsey, an archetypal astrologer, teacher, and author. I combine both Western ancient astrology and modern psychological astrology with Eastern Vedic astrology. And I specialize in predictive, electional, and karmic astrology for individuals and couples. I'm a certified aromatherapist, an essential oil specialist, and an herbalist. And I offer remedial modalities of plants for psychological life issues to empower clients with compassionate healing. I also do in-depth astrological research into arcane astrological concepts, focusing on the mystical, occult side of astrology. Eleanor Roosevelt once said, Yesterday is history, tomorrow is a mystery, and, and today, today is, is a gift. gift. And, and that's, that's why it's called the present. Hello, and yes, always, isn't it true? <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing today, Sue? 
Well, I'm actually okay. Uh, we will miss Liz, of course. Elizabeth oh, yes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but and I hadn't mentioned that our subject that we determined is called Mary's Spirit Rebirthing Values for that one degree Aquarius new moon. Right. Yeah. And it, it, for the audience, too, we're going to discuss a whole myriad of ways, this metaphysical ways, which is so perfect, isn't it, with this particular theme that the Sabians are coming up with, marrying spirit and matter. Because right. Yeah. Well, I, I, you know, I think it's also, it's pretty neat that this is the first new moon of the year. So we can kind of look at this as sort of setting the tone for the new year. And, you know, and I always like, I don't know about you, but when I always look at the, the one degrees of the, the, the uh, constellation, basically what we're talking about kind of has the whole power of the whole 30 degrees, even though, you know, not every Aquarius is alike because not every Aquarian moon's alike because no matter you know there's difference in degrees. Um, yeah. So, no, yeah. I like that. In fact, Nathan, can we have the slides because that brings me up with numerology. So here we are, and we have the panelists, and you can always connect with Justin um, at his email uh, website. But or here, Liz, or Liz with or Liz. Liz. <laughs> yes, that's, that, thank you. That's right. That's right. right always and so here we have one it is the sun the moon hamea the hawaiian planet of birth of rebirth and creation the creation goddess and then two even the mc at the top of the uh, of the um the angle at the top of the chart and right. pluto all add up to one so you were mentioning this and i thought oh boy we got to dive right in yeah, well, you know, and and I was looking at some particular things, which we'll look at a little bit later here in the Vedic, is that, you know, that again, that whole one degree speaks to a lot of the power. There's a there's an archetype here of power or energy associated with the number one in the in the constellations, you know, so the one degree Aquarius or the one degree Capricorn, whatever that is. Yeah. Power is a big thing. Yeah, and what you had mentioned about it holding all the other num, you know, the whole sign. One of the definitions that I found was that it's the starting point of all the numbers. It's the beginning. It yeah. has that leadership, pioneer, and for the, the folks that are just listening, passion, manifestation, master creator, the sun, self, dominance. Original. Yeah, and I think. And I think when we get into this day, you know, in this today, we'll find out that all these keywords that you mentioned here are going to come out. <laughs> ah, goody. Let's do that then. Let's go to the next. So here's the sun with some tarot. And it's the card number 19. Yeah. So the one in the nine is still a one. Um, and of course, we the magician would be the, the original one. But then it's, you know, it's this alchemist. Um, energy and then with the sun there it's all about uh, creativity and that's another key word for this new moon is about creativity as we were saying about rebirthing rebirthing you know you use the word rebirthing so yeah the magician I realized just before we did this I had not and I love that card because it does have that alchemy of, of event of life right, right? yes that undeniable something before and after that just gets created and then 
Aquarius can be looked upon as a star, which is, again, like you were mentioning, it, re it repeats this theme of promise, hope, beginnings. And Liz had brought up during our pre-chat that she always likes it because it brings in the two elements, water, because the star has this figure, it could be female or male, androgynous, really, of pouring water, the spirit. So it's that mm -hmm. emotional side she was saying. Right, and the water air, bearer, the water yeah, bearer, and, yeah. And air for the intellectual side, which I had not considered. In fact, many, I've been on panels where people or listened to people question like, how come it has the water? But here Liz was pulling these together to being, and they're so synergetic. I mean, water is, has air in it, H2O, Yep. Yep. And and just for those people who are new to astrology, Aquarius uh, rules the 11th house. So when we deal with Aquarius, the sign of Aquarius, it's it's dealing with communications in the collective, that air, air energy in the collective. And I like how you have it here is about hope um, because that's the star card. Isn't that true? Yeah. And, and to remind people, we are talking about the new moon in Aquarius. So that's why we brought up Aquarius. But, um, so let's see what else we have. Well, Pluto is in the chart and conjunct, which we'll look at. And Pluto is, is actually looked at two ways. I have it in the death's card and later is judgment. But with death, of course, that is endings and beginnings, right? Right. And judgment <laughs> in, in some, uh, I would say, religious circles, judgment comes after death. <laughs> so... So, um, oh, yeah, that. so we want to look at archetypically um, how Pluto is really about non-attachment and, and impermanence and more of it, you know. Ah, and that uh, Sabian symbol I was just noticing really pulls that one in. But here, what I liked about Pluto for the judgment card was this idea, and I think it was more on the esoteric idea rather than the, the religious you know, uh, decision-making judgment is more reflection and mm -hmm. evaluation of yourself, considering what you need in a relationship. And it happens to be in the seventh house. So that's so powerful. Yeah. The seventh house of relationships. So definitely, uh, definitely this moon brings in some, some changes when we talk about communications and relationships, you know, definitely. Yeah. And again, the reason, folks, that we're having, because not everybody can see this, but Pluto is at 28 degrees. So if you had 2 and 8 equals 10, 1 plus 0 goes back to 1. So that's basic 101 uh, numerology, but it is just a recap. And, of course, we could look at – anyway, we'll leave it at that. won't complicate yep. it more. <laughs> yeah, thank you. So the Yodish – Jodish. The Jodish, Jodish, yeah. So in the Jodish, this is, of course, a Capricorn new moon. And um, and do you want me to talk about the lunar mantle yes. that it's in now? Okay, Please so do. so um, I, I do a combination of both Western and Jodish or Vedic astrology, and a lot of astrologers do this because it gives you a different insight into this. And in the, in the sidereal or the Vedic, Jodish, same thing. Uh, chart. It's a. It's Capricorn, but it's 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 um, 
it has the same energy as this Aquarian new moon, of course. And so it's in the, the, um, because each of the constellations or as we say, Zodiac signs is 30 degrees. We break those down into sections and, um, in the Vedic astrology, they call these nashatras or, and they're also known as lunar mansions. And so, um, and so each of those, those sections is called a pada. Um, first, there's a name in the chakra name for it. So for this one in particular, this new moon is Uttara Ashada. And um, it's in the fourth pada of that lunar mansion, the fourth section, which is ruled by Jupiter. So we'll definitely talk about that when we look at the chart, because that's definitely prominent in the chart today. Uh, but this, this energy... Uh, that we see in the Vedic is bringing in the same energy around. It's all about um, putting things into action with wisdom. And so this Uttara Shada is, is, is a very much of a hero archetype. And um, it's about um, authority and power and courage and it's it it gives people abundant energy to pursue their goals. Mm, that is very meaningful. So we'll talk about that more when we get into talking about the 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 Sabians on the on the west in the western chart, which it it lines up right along with that. Yes, and we will develop for the audience here. I'll develop further a little definitions about lunar mansions, of course, which I didn't, and also even the name of which it is. But so far, it's all tying together to make this big story. So Sabian symbols has been one of the hallmarks of this particular archetypal symbols because there's many archetypes. And the Sabian symbols are um, spiritual images representing the spiritual essence created first between a clairvoyant Elsie Wheeler in 1925 with the astrologer Mark, M-A-R-C, Edwin Jones. And each one defines a degree through all 12 signs. So there's 360. And others have built upon this, many in fact, but the ones that we're using are three. There's Dane Ruchar, of course, with his book, The Mandala. And in fact, I just learned that Astrology University with Tony Howard will be republishing the Mandala book for people. Yeah, starting in February. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Yeah. Interesting. So, but I'm using two sources, and one is with James Burgess, who very much goes. Uh, uses the references of Mark Edmund Jones, Dane Ruchar, and um, think Sue. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> One more. Yeah. And Linda Hill. So anyway, so those right. are the uh, links. Right. So here we are. Here is, and I have the savings in the next one, but here is that moon. And it will be at 3.53 in the evening on the East Coast. And we're using that to demonstrate the whole United States. And it's one yeah. degree, 33 minutes in Aquarius on January 21st, which happens to be Chinese Lunar New Year, which is also going into the Chinese uh, animal, the rabbit, the water rabbit, and Justin will be joining in a 
we're on the 22nd, we're going to really talk about that. Right. Chinese New Year in that Chinese astrology. But today, we're looking at it from this viewpoint. Yeah. Okay. And so you got the next slide. It's got the Sabian symbols on it, right? I do. And I guess, though, I do want to mention that the, the sun and the moon are in the seventh house. And with Pluto out of three degrees away at 28 degrees Capricorn. Right. But it's also square Hamea, which is that birth, which is a 50-year cycle right now. It's an outer dwarf planet. So it's also very similar to, in this case, Pluto, which is asking for new cycles of purging and going forward. So yeah. If I could uh, just say something about this chart that jumped out with me, of course, the Pluto conjunct that sun moon really, um, uh, for those who are learning astrology, you know, Pluto tends to intensify energy. So Pluto sitting almost on top of the sun and the moon there intensifies the energy of the new moon. And and also because it is in the seventh house, and if we, you know, this is in Washington, D.C., we can kind of see how this chart is kind of reflected about what we've been seeing in, happening in Congress and about this dynamic intensity almost fighting in relationships and there's there's sort of this again back to the nishakra it's about that hero archetype here they're trying to elect a leader and we see this this uh synchronicity there with that but um i also what jumped out at me in this chart is that this uh this energy coming in with this new moon is sextile jupiter um and aries there and so it's really, um, there's a good flow of energy here, creative energy towards uh, people. Again, back to what the Nishakra talks about, abundant energy to, to pursue a person's goals right now. Okay. I was thinking of Jupiter and Aries when you were speaking. So I'm so glad that you took a moment to digest this particular chart astrologically, because that also ties in that T-square. And the T-square is, again, an action-oriented energy that wants to build something but it's through a little bit it has to resolve issues and it happens to be with that jupiter of expansion and beliefs in aries with the mercury that's so centered on structure the thinking process of the daily routines right now i mean it really relates doesn't it because here you have the 10th house congress with the daily routines of people trying to implement things and our roots with series of how to get some compassion. And I, and I think with that, you know, with that ascendant being in cancer, that mm -hmm. what a lot of people are, there's an emotional component to it here, right? That water, you bring it in the water there, uh, the water bearer, that there's some, there's a, a cancerian ascendant here, which is the first thing we always look at in the chart is the, you know, where, what's that Eastern horizon look like that ascendant? is is cancer so there's a lot of emotions invested in this a lot of lot of intuition and emotions invested in this uh, this it, new beginning great and it does throw it right back to the ruler which happens to be the new moon <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so it's that time okay we'll get to that sabian symbol here you are justin here's now actually we were talking about sabian symbols i think for pluto but shall we just pick up with the Ascendant? Well, yeah, let's start with the Ascendant. So um, okay. do you want me to read the first one and then you take the oh, second one? Oh, yeah, one please. Mm -hmm. So we're, we're, you know, we're looking at um, 
Cancer, 14 degrees there, which is what's coming into this um, this ascendant. And so it's a very old man facing a dark space to the northeast. Keynote is remembering eternal truths, discovery of the eternal universal truths, and all that passes away proves the ethereal. Lasting truth remains. Yeah, it's fascinating. Now, the degree itself is 15 because the one prior we're going to do, like what's leading up to it, what it is, and then the following, the Sabian. In a sumptuous dining hall, guests relax after partaking in a huge banquet. The keynote is a, appropriate enjoyment of material abundance. And as it's commented on, that attachment's the problem, not the abundance. So celebration of self. Yeah, and then, of course, Cancer 16, I always love this one because it really kind of, um, it kind of has this... Um, throwback to a cult or or uh, mystical knowledge or astrology because the the archetypal symbol for cancer 16 degrees is a man studying a mandala and of course the astrology chart is a, a mandala of sorts in front of him with the help of a very ancient book so profound self-understanding embracing all parts of nature really dane rudriard talks about this as the integration of uh of of those emotions and personality and emotions um and you know I, something else i want to point out here about this ascendant and of course this is a washington dc chart um serious in this chart, the, the, the fixed star Sirius, which we've all heard about, it has a very archetypal and meaning in our ancient civilization, especially Egypt, is actually sitting on the ascendant here. And when and with that, that's a very, you know, for leaders, that's actually auspicious um, in this case. That's right, because the sun is 13 degrees cancer for the United States. And so it's right here, isn't it? That's, that's yes. Thank you for bringing that up. And I love the fact that the ascendant is replicating what we already have talked about as a whole theme of this, that it would be the, the title was Mirroring Spirit Matter, Rebirthing Values, which was really something that both you and Liz helped and I, and I got to tell you that the Nashatra that I talked about, Uttara, oh, yes. does speak to this, what we call this material versus spiritual values. When I was reading that today, I was like, oh, gosh, I got to tell Sue this. This is oh. really speaks to your theme here, which is as we move into this new year, the first new moon, we're being challenged about our values and, as you say, rebirthing values. But it's what are those values? Is it materialis materialism yes. or spirituality here? And it, it that theme has progressed all for so long. And essentially, it seems like really the message life wants to connect us with. So here we have the, the MC. Mid the Midheaven at 26 degrees Pisces. So go ahead. Yeah. So for those who don't know astrology, Midheaven, of course, is the highest point. The The sun is the day that a person's born. And it kind of speaks to um, what the soul's trying to accomplish in a lot of ways. It has a certain, especially when we see certain planets on the MC or the Midheaven, um, it can represent a certain level of ambition. And anytime we see planets on the, the angles, but it's a very important angle. So, we look here at 26 degrees Pisces and the archetypal symbol or uh, term for this is the purging of the priesthood. Um, 
rooting at, rooting out corruption. Rid yourself of negative thought and purification. Now that would be the karma before. Right, that's what's bringing show. into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Twenty five, and I also with midheaven. It reminds me that that's where the sun is at the highest point because it's not the nadir, the highest above, but it's I think where the sun is the highest point of the chart. Well, anyway, okay. So Pisces twenty six, which it is a new moon that divides its influences. And Ruchar actually has watching a thin crescent moon at sunset. And the keynote is exercise freedom of choice and allow the same for others. Meaning, Exer ex mm -hmm. go ahead, go ahead. Oh, exercise your free will. Right, right. And then the Pisces 27 degrees talks about a harvest moon illuminating a clear autumn sky. And so we reap what we sow see your life as the fulfillment of your desires um and you know something i was i was when i was looking at this before the show today i was thinking also here about back to this um again uh this almost gives me some of this uh energy that's to come this year with saturn moving into pisces um and um, that, that one first about rooting out corruption we've seen based on this chart, and it's in Washington, D.C., that there's sort of the, a lot of that, that talk right now around that. So that kind of speaks to some of where some, how you may say, how some people are talking in, in the collective right now, you know. Yes. And perhaps I should have organized, I was thinking about this, where the chart was first. So here, folks, is again the same chart, but I am showing it throughout where the ascendant here on the left. Of course, the MC is over here. On the, when I keep saying here, folks are going, what? But it's at the top, and it's at 26. Pisces, and the ascendant, 15. Right. So they're actually trying. Yeah, that's a nice trine. So in you know water signs, you'd think it has been indi indicative that there is working out, but it is emotional. It's all water. It's like you say, yep. it's not an easy factor. Yep. So here we have the moon and sun itself. And what I'm going to do is I'll show people there is the chart. And it's in the seventh house with Pluto. So we'll go back to the actual Sabians, Capricorn 30. Go ahead. Yeah, so this Capricorn 30, again, sometimes we find that these Sabian symbols are, can be somewhat literal to world, world situations going on. So Capricorn 30 is a secret meaning of, of men or people responsible for executive decisions in world affairs accepting the need for high level of management of collective fair highest level of social influence and it really speaks to what dane rudyard talked about is executive power or authority and when we think of capricorn we think of authority here so yeah and it, it's absolutely true and this is what's been leading up into like building like everything has an yeah. inception just to bring up to people so what's happening right now aquarius one is an old adobe mission and then he adds in California. But the keynote is building lasting structures of survival with your group, lasting value. So that's the goal of the energy happening now and where we're headed The uh, with the actual Sabian. 
Right. And then the where we're heading to, as you said, the Aquarius 2 is mm -hmm. an unexpected thunderstorm. So submission to unforeseen and uncontrollable forces. Some people are actually trying to deal with that. And all life <laughs> is ephemeral, even though we want uh, to cement our lives in secure structures, nature wins in the end. So it's kind of like, again, what we're seeing in the whole situation in Congress, we can definitely see this, that there comes challenges in life, unexpected challenges that we have to we have to deal with so and there is so much in well i was thinking taurus right now the nodes are in taurus the north node and uranus is there and of course that's earth and nature i was just listening to different astrologers reflect on i was remembering myself about the solstice on in december on the 21st and also the eclipses that happened in winter there or in autumn late autumn were quite powerful with a lot of natural events so i think in my own world i'm realizing again and again we have to take nature into account i mean that seems like an obvious but sometimes yeah. i wonder if we really do well one of the things you know with that that you know, we're moving from Capricorn into Aquarius here. And Capricorn is energy is all about authority, but at the same time, uh, you know, uh, especially if a person has moon in Capricorn, they're learning they can't control the situations. They can't control. Mm -hmm. It's about letting go of control or trying to have hold on to that structure of way things are supposed to be. And really, and we'll take like a little, oh, goody, I think. Oh. Liz just commented. Yep. I said, oh, she's there listening. Okay, good. But it does bring to my Liz, you can call in, call in on your phone. Yeah, Figure it out. Okay. But at any rate, my point before we take this break is, isn't that true with spirit? In other words, if we're marrying spirit and matter, spirit isn't necessary. We've got to take the signs as they come across to us that it isn't necessarily our way the highway you know we're working with the big picture so yep. with that thank you justin crockett elsie it's so great to be conferring this is january 8th archetypal symbols and maybe when we get back we'll have our third partner here hopefully <laughs> see you soon <laughs> take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. We are currently in the yin period of Capricorn, ruled by Saturn, the furthest visible planet by the eye. By leaving a cycle based on meaningfulness and truth, Capricorn's energy establishes social boundaries in a structure incorporating rules, authority, and ethics. As a cardinal earth sign depicted by a sea goat climbing from the sea up to the top of a mountain, Capricorn overcomes fears through goals and ambitions to achieve mastery. 
This is Martha Norwalk. Every Sunday morning, beginning at 9 a.m., thanks in part to the Ananda Institute of Living Yoga, we cover the world of animals. This week, January 15th, it's Behavior Training and Healing Sunday with me, and talk with your human or animal loved ones on this side or the other, and personal awareness coaching with Natasha Venter. Hope you can join us and plan to call in with your questions for either one of us or for a personal reading with Natasha on Martha Norwalk's Animal World, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, a.m. 1150. Talk Cosmos brings you leading-edge astrological conversations with hour-long programs each week on KKNW. The show goes live every Sunday from 1 to 2 p.m. Pacific. Talk Cosmos weekly programs are also available to watch live on Facebook and YouTube, along with daily chats throughout the week on the Talk Cosmos YouTube channel. While you're there, make sure you click like and subscribe buttons so you can get the full Talk Cosmos experience. Or, if you'd rather listen to the show archives with audio only, the entire podcast collection since 2018 is available on most podcast carriers. So, grab your coffee, tea, or kombucha, and enjoy the show. Alternative Talk 1150, talk radio for the body, mind, and soul. Well, hello, we're back again. And this is January 8th, and I'm going to ask you, Justin, before we begin, do you have events that you're planning, whether they're astrological or not? I know you're writing a book again. Yes, I'm, I'm writing a book, and I'm also will be teaching an astrology course for a small group of people for about three months, starting three or four months, starting in February. So. Excellent. Oh, I'm so glad. So people could contact you at, yep. and how would they do that? Let's do uh, they could just email me at justin, justin.lz at gmail.com. Okay. And of course that is on Talk Cosmos too. And I, myself, I'll tell folks what our calendar is next week on the 22nd, no, on the 15th, we have a special panel because every third week will be a special panel and that happens to be an educational panel with four wonderful leaders from representing Kepler College Forest Center of Evolutionary Astrology the International Mayo School of Astrology in the UK and Astrology University here in the States so that'll be pretty spectacular. And the following on the 22nd is very similar will, to this, although it'll be all about Chinese astrology. And because it is the year of the water rabbit. So come for that. And at the very end of the month, we actually have five Sundays this month. And when we do, we have Astro Jam. So... That'll be fun. It always is. And we'll have a few extra folks. So enjoy. And we'll come back because right now it's the new moon. What are we doing? We are going back to our, <laughs> we have here. Yes. You know, so mm -hmm. I would, I was going to, uh, if I could, Sue, kind of, you know, uh, kind of put this in perspective of how, how great this moon is for uh, really positive new moon for helping people really start something new right around this time of year um, because this really is about putting things into action and one of the things I, I like about this as well that 
that um, by this time, Mercury is actually direct and it is actually uh, trining. It's actually trying, which we mean an easy flow of energy uh, with the nodes. It actually Mercury. So there's a so whatever you're putting your mind to there. This is a really good action oriented new moon. Excellent. Well, I'll take that personally. Along with that sextile to Jupiter there too, you know. Yeah, a lot of transformation, but yet it works. There's a big difference about, you know, when when you get that inspiration, which is, again, spirit coming in. Thank you, Justin. I should also say Mars is also direct by this time too. So it's a, it's a, that's actually another Ooh. positive in the chart there as well. Yeah, it's, yeah, we've been on regroup for a couple of months here. I was counting. Because, <laughs> you know, you know that Mars has been retrograding in Gemini. And, and I don't know about you, but I've been seeing a lot of people trying to figure out decisions. Because we know Mars and Gemini is sociable. It wants to make decisions. It wants to get out there and do this, do that. But there's a lot of, in, you know, there's a lot of people second-guessing stuff right now with Mercury retrograde and Mars retrograde and an air sign there, Gemini. But by this time, Mars, which is that forward action and movement, is actually direct. So This is helpful because since it is a couple of weeks ahead yet, and the number one also represents the shadow side of indecision, and not just so much indecision, but lack of... Um, of 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 a doubt doubt that was it that i read and so the very fact that the planets are direct and the leadership and and this birth of what you're saying the supportive energy this is good news so have hope have hope that's yes. good so there's an abundant energy with this new moon to pursue one's goals um, out there so it's really if you're thinking about doing something new this is a great new moon to do something with so we will. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Pluto, the archetype of regeneration and transformation, as we've talked about, is still in the last two, three degrees, two degrees of Capricorn is here at 28 degrees Capricorn. So at 27 degrees, Justin, if you want to. Yeah, the 27 degrees is pilgrims climbing the steep steps leading to a mountain shrine, which it, you know, speaks to uh, our soul's journey and and retreat and pilgrimage and the ascent of the individualized consciousness to higher realizations reached by spiritual leaders in our culture. And I, I should also point out, too, that that Nishakra, again, has a relationship to spiritual leadership. Um, so I thought that was kind of interesting here. Oh, it's so powerful. This is good. We're getting assistance if one then that's why we're doing this. It's the awareness. So pass mm -hmm. on. So the actual 28 degrees is a large aviary, which is a birds, a bunch of birds. Um, awareness, and they represent the spiritual messages and awareness of the signs and subtle metaphors. I love metaphors. Yeah, Syn synchronicities. And uh, I got to say, a lot of times when I see a person that has something in this, they have a lot of they have a lot of stuff going on up here. They hear a lot of voices, a lot of people, right? But where it's moving towards is this Capricorn twenty nine, which is a woman reading tea leaves. So interpretation of those spiritual messages, as you were just talking about from the aviary, from many guides, we may see the signs or synchronicities, but yet we need also to know what they mean. 
Yes, and that's the beautiful thing I think about Gemini is that Gemini wants to look at information from various sources to draw your own conclusions. So it is a bit active right now, yeah. but yet it does. If we if if we put this into the hero or the archetype of the leader, this tends to bring a person that listens more here, that listens to people, that's quiet. And I think, you know, as we're talking about here, that Aquarius rules communications in the collective, it's in the seventh house of relationships here. There's something, I, I feel there's another subtle message here about listening to others. It's really kind of listening and interpreting those communications in the collective. That's good. And it goes along with that wisdom, doesn't it, that you brought in earlier, too, because then that you draw wisdom and it's you can. Yeah. Yeah. So this whole archetype we've been talking about, you can kind of overlay that on what you see happening in Congress. This whole thing, it's all these discussions have been taking place and and challenges. And but we can also bring it down to a person's personal life to where. um it's it's uh our relationships in our life of listening to them at this particular point in time and it it can also represent some new relationships with that new moon in the seventh house there too you know yeah i lost time preparing this because i didn't do mars and other planets so perhaps if you want to speak however one i did notice because i used another slides and at any rate, Neptune is 23 degrees, which is the same degree as it was in the eclipse back in, when was that eclipse? I can find out exactly, but it was the Scorpio eclipse. So now it's direct, but it was retrograde at that time, which I thought was interesting. So I do have the information about Pisces. If we want to just jump to that, because it is looking at the chart right at the midheaven. Yeah, yeah. So again, any 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 planets on the midheaven are going to bring. I, I'm sure you've seen mm -hmm. this in your clients' charts, but tends to bring a certain quote unquote ambition or drive uh, towards uh, fulfillment, and because we know Neptune represents that collective energy, but it's opposing the 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 ic down there so it's it, there's a um, there's a tension or yin yang pull here with this this neptune it is because you know it at the mc of course it's in the collective um yeah. world of others and the ic of course is our private most private personal foundational energies that we've created our our story and our life about. So it's really the sense of awareness, how to maybe it's dissolving some of the things that we've held and attached to going back to that other, that abundance is beautiful. It's just whether we attach ourselves to one thing and then have that sorrow. I know you're Buddhist too. So sorrow is <laughs> a lot with. Yeah, but no, I think you're spot on with that because you know, for people on the call, for uh, archetypically, Neptune represents the collective or how wherever it shows up in your chart, Neptune shows up in your chart, shows how you relate 
to everybody else, the collective, the collective group. And I think you're spot on with that the Neptune at the midheaven there and at the very bottom of the chart, I see definitely people are going to feel a little bit more at this particular time, an awareness of self and the collective or where they fit into the collective. It's almost like the separation of self from the collective, but at the same time yes. being able to see that very clearly. I think you're spot on with that. Well, and listening to what you're saying here, looking at the IC, the uh, moon coli, I believe that's how it said, is in Virgo. So that would be very personally introspective. And, and I love the fact that series where we can claim our compassion, you know, mm -hmm. for ourselves because rather than being too harsh with our own criticism, it, maybe it's time to take a loving stance for who we are. Yeah. And it's just, it's in the sign of relationship and Libra down there. Uh -huh. So, so there's an objectivity that's coming in here, you know, a very clear understanding or clear objectivity of, of um, so some people are going to be feeling the sort of this maybe s looking at life and s seeing sort of the surrealness around them you know <laughs> yeah so here we have pisces 22 which is just prior and it's a prophet carrying tablets of the new law walking down the slopes of mount sinai so go ahead and explain what that might be well, it's the need to bring down, you know, sort of these realizations that we're just talking about mm -hmm. here, <laughs> kind of bringing those and integrating those into our life is is way Dame Rudyar saw this was sort of like sort of peak experiences. So those experiences that we're having in the collective, again, back to that um, opposition to the IC, people are seeing more clearly events in their life possibly right now. And 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 having to kind of integrate or as we say psychically ingest that gestation that and 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 integrate it in into what's kind of going on in our lives and learn from that lesson and that parallels so much on a grand scale all these little integral um, parts that we've been speaking about about the ascendant being the integration with Sirius there that you were mentioning about the, and it's emotional. And then of course, wanting to collect the, oh boy, it goes right. on and on. It seems it replicates. <laughs> I was thinking, okay. Um, what I was thinking is immediately with Aquarius being water and intellect, like what Liz was talking about. Okay, Pisces 23, a materializing, materializing medium giving a seance. The ability to, give of one's own vital energy to substantiate one's conscious ideals or unconscious desires. How would you elaborate on that one? Well, you know, what's interesting about in, um, in seances is that spirits actually use the energize the energy from a medium and this is where ectoplasm comes into play so um, and so mediums actually give of their own energy within a seance that's actually part of the whole process and um i think that this is really kind of indicative of the whole uh piscean archetype you know especially when people have something strong in pisces 
that there brings in compassion and the sort of the sacrifice of oneself towards something greater. And of course, we're going to see more of this as Saturn gets into Pisces. But I just, I again, I feel that this is sort of this lead in into the in the next three months when Saturn really kind of dives into there. You know, that is a good point to remind us of, I mean, which I remember, but then I don't always. Have- integrated into it is the fact that Saturn leaving its two signs, Capricorn yeah. and Aquarius, entering Pisces. Yeah, it's going to be monumental. So the last one where we're headed to the uh, um, quest symbol, as Linda Hill puts it, Pisces 24 degrees, an inhabited island. And so... Um... You know, islands archetypically, I don't know about you, but in my thinking, islands sometimes, again, is <laughs> this kind of does represent kind of what that I see saying about kind of this separateness and I'm out here, self-identification and how do I self-identify with the collective, as we we're saying. I think the, the, the saving symbols kind of speak to what the planet here is, is trying to express, you know? Yes, indeed. Very Gives good. us a deeper insight, you know? Well, here we are. And I know you, is there anything else in this chart that you would love to speak about, whether it's Folis or Mars? Mars is still at that, well, it won't, well, it's direct here. But as we speak, of course, we're still retrograde until the 12th. Well, so Mars in this chart is actually sextiled Jupiter. So again, wow, that's, that's you know, Mars sextiling mm-hmm. Jupiter means an easy flow of energy, creative energy of like forward action and let's get something done. Um, I And because it's combining a sign of communications with a fire sign of action oriented, we're going to probably see a lot of communications in the collective right around this time, even more so. Maybe, you know, maybe what happens in Congress really gets crazy, you know. Um, because also Juno is conjunct, exactly. Juno of alliances, and she's the wife of of Zeus, but it represents alliances, and that's exactly at four degrees Aries also. So yeah. what you're saying has really a lot of strength. And then I was just to throw in, too, an observation that eight is right between Chiron and Jupiter. So it's like the midpoint. Maybe that's the healing. There's healing. It would be nice to think there's healing. Yeah. And 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 it's also, you know, uh, Mars's trining series here, too. Um, so it's, again, an easy flow of energy with that. Um connectedness with and nurturing of balance and relationship here um i always like to tell people though you know sometimes astrologers speak in a very that a trine is a positive thing oh yeah but if there's negative energy it also can support that as well or a malefic planet you know uh it can also support fear and an easy flow of fear or something else in the chart but in this it actually isn't a very positive aspect here with mars uh trining uh series you know and last this is i'm glad you always that's important in other words there's always a spectrum of plus and minus because it's that integration of the whole thing like all right is one living the shadow side is one giving away <laughs> the light side but remembering the grand conjunction i guess we have a few minutes and we can 
talk about that. Back in December 21st, 2020, which is just, that was COVID. Thank you. I have to remember my own calendar of life. But still, it's like two years ago, because we're in 20, well, it was 20, 2020. And we're in, that was, uh, yeah, it was still two years ago. Mm-hmm. That's, what I'm getting at is, is that's when Jupiter and Saturn were at zero degrees Aquarius, which instigated the 200-year cycle of their 20-year connection, which is a social energy, you know, um, in air. So it was zero degrees Aquarius, but this new moon is one degree, which is only one degree orb from it. Well, you know, my you want to know my thoughts on this? Um, yes, <laughs> I think I think that whole um, that bigger conjunction was sort of like the bigger tent and the bigger theme, and that throughout the ensuing two hundred years of this this you know this cycle, that every time that we have a new moon in Aquarius, it. It's part of a sub-cycle here about what's going on with that original conjunction. And um, we'll tend to, as you're pointing out here, something to look back on and say, you know, if we overlaid those two charts, uh, synastry between that conjunction chart and the new moons, is to what is, what is the new moon speaking back to that bigger bigger theme, you know? And looking at this chart, thank you for that, is we hadn't mentioned that Venus, of our what we are attracted to, what we value, what we desire, is in Capricorn of substance and structure and goals and authority. You mean, you mean, you mean Aquarius? You mean... Uh... Uh, oh, uh, oh, 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 they're in Aquarius. Oh, yes. Pardon yeah, yeah. me. Boy, am I blind. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sometimes I need my glasses too. <laughs> so. I know. It's like, okay, our, our feedback from somebody else. That's where we, we right. live and learn. But the, I guess I'll stick with the basic point that Venus and Saturn are just one degree from each other. So they're working yeah. strong with this real light of thinking process of rebuilding, like you're saying, this sub level of the whole picture. Yeah, and the, oh. the if we look at uh, planetary nodes, the Mercury North node is there as well. We don't have it in this chart because that's even getting down in the weeds. Oh, yes. But but uh, but there, yeah, you're right. There's a lot of air energy here with this Aquarius happening here. So, and the last thing in this chart too, Uranus, the outer planet of sudden surprises and unpredictable life and more has been and is now in orb of the north node of the moon in Taurus, meaning that that's our collective uh, integration of destiny that we're going towards. And meaning that Uranus is the modern ruler and we have one minute, but we have little time here um, ruling that new moon. So it appears that going forward has some promise and hope as we were mentioning yes (laughs) exactly great time to put things into action but with wisdom and for that vision board however you may want to do it exactly but i'm inspired to keep uh, 
resting and enjoying all these good things. Justin, thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Sue, and uh, happy new moon. Yes, everybody. <laughs> and come back and we'll be here every second week with archetypal symbols. And hopefully Liz will be here next week. Yes, yes, She'll have yes. power back. She'll have power back, hopefully. That's right. I trust. Yeah. Okay. Happy New Year. Thank you for joining us on Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests connect soul growth patterns with the energetic cycles of astrology. Be sure to tune in next Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time to continue your journey through the roots of the cosmic pathway. 